Today on the show, we talk to a toy photographer. Well, not a toy that takes photographs, but a guy that takes photographs of toys. Never mind. What's the secret to success? So like doing something I love and getting paid to do it, like that's, that's success. Sometimes intelligent conversation mixed with witty banter, often just stream of consciousness, but mainly a dialogue between creatives to find out what motivates us in film, art, and life. This is Creative by Design with Philip Elgy. What's up, beautiful people? Thanks for listening and welcome to this show. My conversation today is with Matthew Callahan. He is not only somebody I consider a true friend, but also a very gifted visual storyteller. He's an active duty Marine whose journey has been less than easy. And if you were to ask him five years ago, if he would be where he is today, there's no way he could have foreseen that. We talk about not only some of the hardest points in his life, but towards the end, he gives some really solid sage advice on where to find inspiration and how to stay motivated. So check it out. So my name's Matthew Callahan, um, and I am United States Marine combat correspondent or public affairs specialist or mass communicator or now combat mass communicator. Our names change quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> bottom line up front, uh, I'm a photographer and videographer for the United States Marine Corps, and I tell the Marine Corps story uh, through those mediums mostly. And uh, we have a kick-ass time doing it. It's a lot of fun. We kind of do, don't we? Yeah, no, it's it's the greatest. I think I've talked to people before and they're like, this is what I tell people. Like it's, I mean, there's ups and downs definitely, but the access we get to some things, no, like nobody will ever have. Yeah. And it's insane. Um, it, access it's you from like the totally like, I mean, what's interesting is like we, we, we build such a, a, a tolerance to the activities that, that happen in our organization that, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm just out on some silly little live fire shoot and I'm just photographing that. But you just kind of throw that sentence to anybody who's not experienced in the military. And it's like, whoa, what the, what the fuck do you mean that's boring? Like, that that's totally awesome. So it's like, it we're in that regard, <laughs> kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, we're kind of spoiled uh, in that way. But yeah, like, we just, we get to just kind of, hop on to hop into the stories of all these different people doing all these different crazy things in this organization and just kind of, and just are able to tell their stories. And it's, it's badass. It is. Yeah. Um, and so now, you know, I don't want to make you blush or anything, but you're pretty good at your job, right? I've seen your work. Thanks, uh, there's a yearly competition for the department of defense to yes. which you won. A military videographer of the year what year was that that was i won that in in 2015 and that was kind of like that was a crazy year um so i i i won a bunch of other stuff too uh so i had won for the marine corps the photographer videographer and broadcaster of the year uh for the marines and i went on to compete against um the rest of the DOD for broadcaster of the year. And I, and I won that one as well. And then it gets, it's kind of confusing and convoluted. Uh, but there's another program 
in which pretty much it's like uh, everybody can submit to it at once. Everybody submits their stuff, and there's live judging, and it's it's a wicked good time. So I was it was really cool. I placed several categories like honorable mentions and in, in one first in in the photo part of that competition, and I'd won the overall military videographer of the year for it as well. So it was kind of an insane year. And that's when, that's when you and I were at Syracuse together. And, yes, you know, it is. It was a good we year. Were all, we were all in the break room and, and Kenny Holston, Air Force photographer, him and I were, you know, like just going back and forth. And, and it was, yeah, Kenny was just like bated breath, like just, he had, he'd won the photographer of the year and, and good on him for doing it. Uh, his, his work was was pretty amazing uh he, he definitely deserved it he's just like the coolest dude and he's just super chill and he just is obsessed with his craft like you and i are and it's just can you tell me again your story about how you got into this field uh, and i think it's interesting because you didn't really have any prior knowledge right like you weren't like a high school photographer or yearbook no. aficionado or whatever <laughs> no man i so i i joined the marine corps in 2009 and i initially joined as an infantryman um and you know photography and, and, and especially videography was like just those in my head like something like that was just so far away from from where i saw my life going or doing anything with um I and never, just ever, just to clarify uh for people that like may not know like your job was to shoot a weapon like that was your job yes yes um nothing yeah, else my, <laughs> more 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 specifically i was an assaultman so we specialized in urban demolition uh breaching and anti-armor um rockets employment so we have rocket launchers we have demolitions you know um so that was like my specialty and and again you know i i never had thought of image making or storytelling as like a viable outlet for, you know, like just creatively or for a job at the time. Um, it's just something I never thought of. Uh, but my only deployment to Afghanistan. So I joined in 09 and, and, and in 2000, the end of 2010, we deployed to Afghanistan. We were in, in Helmand province in, in Nawa. Um, I uh, was there for like just under a month and, they put me on a foot patrol and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. Let's do it. So yeah, my first foot patrol, we make it a couple of kilometers outside of our company forward operating base. And we come up on this canal. Uh, and it's, it's about six or seven feet across and there's a, uh, you know, it dips down. It's about the whole, the whole chasm is about 40 feet across, but then it goes downhill to the, where the actual Creek is, which is six or seven feet. So I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to suck. Um, so I get a running start and I go down <laughs> and I jump across this thing and I make it, I land it, but my right foot plants and the rest of my body just goes forward and my leg just snapped straight in half, just crack. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. So it, what, was, what was so funny about it, dude, was like one of my peers in front of me in, in the patrol, like he thought it was a gunshot, like he took cover. Um, the <laughs> sound of my legs snapping was that loud that he thought it was someone shooting. And I look at my leg and at the middle of the shin, it's just snapped. My foot is like up by my knee. And <laughs> I just like, 
I went into shock. Uh, I just kind of like stopped howling and just, it was like that, oh shit moment. Like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way this just happened to my body. Like, there's no way. <laughs> so they're looking at my leg and it's, you know, splinted up all nice with, you know, tourniquets and duct tape and, and sticks. And uh, they're like, it doesn't look so bad. Kelly, you're going to be fine. You're going to be back in like, you know, a couple of weeks. No big deal. And as they're saying that, the doc is cutting through my boot, slips my boot off, and everybody just sees my leg flop like just a wet noodle. And they all just go, oh, my God. What? What did you do, Callahan? Everyone just like collectively lost their mind. And at that point, <laughs> they realized, uh, yeah, I probably wasn't coming back. I was still hopeful, though. And at that point in time, too, they'd finally shot me up with some 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 medicine so i wasn't that painful you know, I, I didn't really lose my bearing that whole time but as soon as the 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 doc the, the doctor on staff there was like hey you're gonna be going home like i just maybe it was like the drugs and just like me coming off of like this crazy shock um but i just started crying like a baby <laughs> uh when he told me i was going home and i kind of just bawled my eyes out into and out of surgery uh Again, most of that was probably the drugs and just the exhaustion, but I just well, kind of felt like I mean, I'm going down. Yeah, and that point, I mean, you're trained up to deploy, and like that's what your entire identity is in the Marine Corps, and so to not do that or to have to leave early, there is a little bit of um, like you're letting your dudes down, you know, mentality. Even though it's like wildly inaccurate, you still feel like, oh man, you know, I should be there. No, you're 100% right. Like it's, it is, it becomes, especially as like a new infantry Marine, like your entire, you hit it right on the head. Your entire identity is, is surrounded by your ability to support the team, to be a war fighter um, and to just like do what you train to do. So, you know, I kind of left Afghanistan, not on my own terms. Uh, and that was, that was really shitty. And, and I hadn't even seen any combat or anything either. I haven't seen any since. So I, I kind of just like, as far as letting everybody down, not getting that experience, uh, it was, it was just kind of shitty. Um, so fast forward a little bit. They, uh, I was, they put me in the wounded warrior program. It took me about a year to recover. At, at what point did you think, Oh, I'm going to stay in. Or did you think you were going to get medically separated at all? So they, um, Every all the staff over there were pretty dead set on. Hey, you need to go on a medical board. You need to get out. Like an injury like this is not something you, like you can recover from, but you're never going to be a hundred percent. And it's best if you just, you just you know go your own way with the Marine Corps. And that was starting to form in my head. And I was I was kind of drinking that Kool Aid for a while. Um, and while that was happening, I had started kind of an on the job training with uh, the public affairs office and up to that point i had no idea what public affairs was and uh so that's what started that and that's really when they put a camera in my hands and i started in what capacity i could going out to cover stories over the course of a couple of months and and to go back to the, the medical separation retirement thing you know i was i was kind of drinking that kool-aid for a while um and then i just you know i over time, it's just like, I think I can probably try harder. And so I just kind of went forward with that mentality and I, I did try harder. And I was eventually found, it took a year, but I was found fit for full duty. And 
at that point I, I, I trained with a public affairs shop for about five months. So, um, they sent me back to full duty. I went to another infantry unit. Um, and I always kept the things that I had done at public affairs in the back of my head, you know, as you know, photographing and writing stories. And I just, I wanted to pursue it further. So I just kind of bided my time, did another workup and we deployed to Okinawa. And while I did that, while we were there, I, I threw in my reenlistment package and I, I made a, I cross-trained over to public affairs. So yeah, that was in, shoot, that was in 2013, summer of 2013, when we came back from the deployment. I officially uh, changed my assignment and I went over to work for the public affairs office permanently. That's fantastic. Uh, that's, when you were in Okinawa, is that when you started like shooting hardcore? Like did the, before you actually re-enlisted, did the unit you were with allow you to like bring a camera and shoot? While I was on this UDP, I had thrown in my reenlistment package, but they didn't think the lateral move was going to get accepted. And so the company was like, you're probably going to get out this July. So why don't you just work for the company and be, you know, a training NCO, which is, you know, you're just in charge of training and stuff. What was nice though, was I was in a headquarters role at that point. So I had like kind of the freedom of movement to, you know, Hey, can I go out on this range with them and photograph it? And they were like, yeah, go for it. So I got a lot of experience more experience kind of on my own um, covering a bunch of different exercises on this deployment before I even got the MOS, the job. Um, so yeah. And, and, and at, when, after that summer um, I came back with, you know, that knowledge and, and that was at the point where I started to um, started like an Instagram and I started to reach out to people, other creative professionals in our field on on facebook and stuff and started to network and that was really and that's shoot i just like met a bunch of people on the internet and i'm still meeting them in person to this day it's kind of neat well and that was my next question at what point did you decide to start putting content out there because and i think i've told you this and how we met is kind of it's, it's a very random story but i feel like it was like my mom or my aunt uh, or somebody was like, "Oh, you, you got to check out this guy on the Instagrams. He's posting military f- f- photographs." <laughs> not, not one of my mom sounds like. I love her to death. I don't know. Why I just use that voice. But um, uh, I was immediately because I'm such a pessimist and a judgy asshole. I immediately was like, "Oh, who is this guy? Like, I bet he sucks. Whatever." And I looked it up, and I was like, "God." Damn it, he's really good. <laughs> feels like the polar opposite of what he just described. So, <laughs> um, so like, what? At what point did you decide to kind of like start putting content out there? Is just something that you wanted to do, or was there like, hey, I want to show people what I'm doing, or I'm just excited about this new, um, this new job I have? Like, what kind of what was it? I started making pictures and I was like, well, I want to share these with people. And I like Instagram was like, just like that platform to do it. It was, I mean, it was just super, it was just so simple, you know, you just a photograph and a little caption and then, and that's it. Um, over time it started to, I started to realize like, I don't really want to make this Instagram about me. I just want to make it about the stories that I'm telling. And that's when I started to just kind of get rid of anything that was like, you know, like, here's what I'm eating today. And, you know, other stuff like kind of people do on Instagram, just kind of like giving you snapshots of their daily lives. I started stop. I stopped doing that. And I started just focusing solely on um, just kind of building like this portfolio of 
of stories in this collection of stories online through that app. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fantastic Avenue to do that. Um, and I just, so I just looked up your, I lo- just looked up your uh, bridging the gap and I'll link, like I'm going to link all your, your 800 uh, Instagram accounts um, and everything we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, looks like bridging the gap is at 11,000 followers roughly. Um, that's pretty impressive. Uh, thanks. Um, I don't know. I never, I never got into like, I mean, it's kind of like this weird, this weird, but like you, you, I make photos to share with people and like we tell stories. That's the whole idea is to tell stories to people. I never really went into Instagram with like, I want to be Instagram famous or have a million followers or anything like this or that. I just, I went into it with like the idea, like after I started forming my brand, if you will, um, you know, I just wanted to tell cool stories and like, you know, and just make, make epic shit and like make cool content. And that's the thing, man, is like, I don't think it's so much like, Oh, I have X amount of followers and it's great. I think, your followership and we'll get to the to the other account in a second but i think that your followership is just a like proof of you putting out good content regularly you know and i think that's the awesome part like people are invested and they're like oh man this guy is like creating some pretty badass shit and i want to check it out you know and that's pretty cool especially for what it is like especially because you're telling stories of service members um and one of the things i tell people like especially young young bucks that come into the job is like, yeah, our job might be taking pictures or might be making videos of, um, you know, training or whatever it is. But like these dudes are 18, they're 19, they're 20 and they're putting their life on the line for the country. Like that's, that's a real story and that's a real thing. Um, and so it's cool to see, you know, support like that support for somebody that's telling stories. You know, it, like it, it has been awesome. And even like, even like, not just like, you know, the, the, the lead slingers, but, um, like <laughs> you got 18, 19 year old men and women, like in charge of millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment, whether it be an aircraft mechanic, you know, you have officers flying these birds around the sky, you know, college educated, they've been in for a minute, you know, they, you know, like they're, they're like looked at as like, you know, oh, oh, badass, they're awesome. But like you have like this 18 year old kid who's like, if, if he or she doesn't do their job, like pilots can't fly. Like a lot is put on the shoulders of these very young people. And it's just kind of amazing to be there to like, Hey, like this is their story. This is what they're doing. And it's, it's pretty incredible. I know, I know uh, we've talked about this before and you sort of hinted at it now, but um that first deployment where you hurt your leg, snapped it in half. Uh, you told me that you didn't quite get the experience that you wanted, right? Um, and then your second one, the UDP to Japan, probably wasn't. Uh, maybe it was transitioning to the new job or not quite what what you wanted. But I I know that you've told me uh, you wanted to deploy as a storyteller, like with an you know with a unit, right? That was yeah, and that was like that was the goal. Um, and it's, I've been doing this job for about four years now. And, and, and like up to last year, it was like my, my dream was to stick around with a group of Marines long enough to tell their stories in a way that would do them justice, not, you know, hop into a training exercise like three days uh, before it ends for like a final 
uh, a fin X, a final exercise I do, or, or to just, you know, kind of jump in and out. Like we do, we do that a lot because, you know, we're, we're constrained by time and, and manpower and resources, but to be able to deploy with a unit and to just tell their stories throughout over the course of months, um, that's something I always wanted to do. And I think I know where you're going next with this. Um, so I'll <laughs> go for it. Well, yeah. Okay. So, and I don't know, you know, talk about what you feel comfortable with. Uh, I know like not a lot of it's secret or, you know, uh, information is out there, but just tell me about kind of the last year of your life, uh, what you did and how it felt and things like that. So yeah, I, I deployed, um, with, with a unit, um, and we got tasked to support, um, the mission in, uh, Syria, um, the operation like combined joint task force operation inherent resolve. And that was attached to a contingent of, um, infantry Marines. Uh, they were acting security for, um, uh, a howitzer battery. Uh, so I, we, the, the battery was supporting the Syrian democratic forces in their, in their retaking of, uh, the rock of Valley and, um, at the North rock of Valley and in the in Raqqa city itself from ISIS. Um, and that was, I got back from that deployment a couple months ago and that was just, it was insane. Uh, like it was just crazy. Like to see the way these Marines worked throughout that time, they, they provided 24 hour all weather fire support. And, and like it, you know, it's kind of a catchy little line, but it's, it's true. Like these, these dudes were throwing rounds down range all day, all night for months at a time and it was crazy and i got to be there and experience that and to tell that story and and just for those people that don't know uh how it's uh it's a cannon it's it's a <laughs> giant it's a huge s gun oh, and uh, it rounds yeah. away about 105 pounds and uh-huh. it's always the smallest dude that has to pick him up and carry him over to the weapon yeah. <laughs> It's um, it basically another way to describe it is there's there's eight but anywhere between like eight and ten marines working in tandem to fire a single weapon system and it's 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 crazy and it's I spent about half my time with them there and the other half I was I was moving all over the area uh, back and forth between some logistics logistics areas and stuff like that uh, but I did get to spend a, a, a good chunk of time with those guys on the gun line and. I made a lot of friends with them and was able to tell their stories. And it was just, it was, it was humbling just to like to see how they worked. And, and, and like after about month, month three, you know, we were just hanging out on the gun one day and I was like, how you guys feeling? Like, how you guys doing? And they're like, I, you know, this isn't so bad. Yeah. 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 And I was like, no guys, this is like, if, if I make a list of like the, all the conditions that you're living in and operating in right now, anyone, anyone in their right mind would be like, you're, this is the shittiest thing ever. And I was like, you guys just got used to it. <laughs> like, yeah. um, um, so let me ask it, you this. Uh, do you think you did them justice? Like as a goal of yours, like, are you happy with what you were able to do? That's, that's a great question. Um, I think, Yeah. All the all the product I made, the stories that I was able to tell of these guys through photo and video, I think 
I think I, absolutely I was able to to capture kind of like the heart of their mission and like who they are and like why they're doing it. Um, you know, you always you always go back and you look at like, oh, what could I have done better? Could I have done this better? Could I have done that better? And like you watch or like you, you look at the stuff that you made and you're like, oh, I could have done that. I could have done that this way or this way, that. But I think overall um, I, I was able to effectively tell their stories uh, in a way that it kind of, that mattered. Um, it wasn't just kind of like a reactionary, I'm going to just hop in here with my camera and take a couple of pics. Um, I had enough time and I built enough positive relationships with these guys to, to really just like effectively tell their story. And it was really cool. And I, I made them a part of the creative process, you know, like they'd, they'd get done with the fire mission and I'd come up on the gun line and be like, Hey, check out this video I just made of you guys. Tell me what you think. And you know, they'd get motivated. We'd all be happy about it. And it was really cool. Um, so I just kind of like kept them a part of the creative process. And, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I did for, I was the only, I was the only photographer out there with the Marines. Um, I think, uh, for like the access I had, the equipment I had available, uh, and the time that I had, I, I think, yeah, I think I did them a fair amount of justice for the mission I had out there. Yeah, I think so too, dude. And we, and there's some great stuff, man. And having been doing this for a while, like I think you did too. I think that, I think you did a really good job with them. Um, that's one thing I want to talk about too, to paint, to paint a picture a little bit of, of your equipment. Uh, what, what did you have to, to shoot these things on? I'm not just out there with my camera gear. I had, you have to bring all your, your combat gear with you too. You have to bring a million different things. You know, you got sea bag, you got, a main pack full of stuff. So I had, when I had first gotten into country, I had my laptop, uh, a single camera body, uh, a Canon 5D Mark III, um, a, a super duper beat up 24 to 70 millimeter lens and a, 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 a pretty beat up 70 to 200 millimeter. Um, and I had a little uh, road shotgun mic and that's, that's pretty much it for the most part. And once I got out there, I got an access to a drone, a quadcopter, which was super awesome. Um, so as far as like the stable of equipment goes, that was pretty much it. I had, I had a drone, a camera body and a couple of lenses. Uh, and that's pretty much what I filmed with for the entire time. A lot of, a lot of what I filmed with was with the drone. It just kind of proved to be like, the greatest avenue to get kind of like the craziest stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and one more, I, I did have a tripod out there and to all our shooters listening, bring sticks with you wherever you go. Even if it's in the middle of the desert, bring sticks. Yep. That's, that's sage advice yeah. right there. Okay, man. So, so you're back now, right? Yes. Uh, what is the next couple of years look like for you? Like what's your, What's your plans? The next few years, um, right now, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm at, uh, I'm at Camp Lejeune with a big public affairs shop over here, um, and I'm a team chief. So right now, my focus is to train them to just kind of fire hose them with all the knowledge I have because I'm going to be leaving the service here in about nine months. So I got a great group of men and women under me. They're 
they're awesome. They 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 have a, a hunger for the job, and they're just you know good Marines. So, um, training them is 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 proving to be a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. You know, they they're just they just want to go make epic shit, and that's kind of the mantra. We're the best team in the Marine Corps, and we want to make epic shit. When I leave the service, looking at a couple of options, I definitely got to head back to school, but uh going to try to apply for a gig at Defense Media Activity, uh, working for uh, All Hands Magazine if that, that opportunity opens up, telling stories for the Navy. Um, short-term goal in that regard is I want to recreate the opening scene to Top Gun shot for shot. That's like short-term. <laughs> you have, you, you, do, you do this stuff outside the military, right? I know that yes. this job inspires you and I know that you're very good and excited about it, but that's not the only thing that inspires you, right? not the only way that you yeah. want to express your art. Um, you have a project called Galactic Warfighters. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Uh, um, so tell me about the the genesis of that, kind of where it is, and what the whole like ethos behind that is. So, all right, Galactic Warfighters. Um, long story short, I photograph toys and collectible figures, mostly Star Wars, and I photograph them in a way that's kind of like, reflective of the way a war photographer would embed with troops and photograph them. And I tell their stories like that too. So kind of like associated press style captioning, um, you know, I kind of within like the star Wars universe have kind of just like made my own rules and like made my own little universe within it um, to kind of tell the stories of like the, from the boots on the ground perspective of the star Wars universe and, and, to go back even further, I've been obsessed with Star Wars since I was like a little kid. And I've kind of been obsessed with science fiction and, and those films particularly since. And I've always been obsessed with like the militaries of Star Wars. And both of my parents were in the service. And it's just kind of all this whole project is just like a giant love letter to my time in the service, my dread fascination with the military and my obsession with star Wars. It kind of just like, is this amalgamation of all those things together. Um, when I started, I started in defense information school when I was studying to be a combat correspondent, we went on on a little photography assignment, like, Hey, freeze motion with your shutter speed or get motion blur with your shutter speed. And I borrowed a little six inch figure. It was a little stormtrooper. It was really cool. I put him in the snow and I had someone throw a bunch of snow at him and it made these really cool particle effects in the photograph. It made it look like he was diving for cover as like he was getting hit by indirect fire. And that was like the first galactic warfighters image. And I captioned it the way, you know, I would caption any photograph I'd make of Marines um, doing something crazy. And uh, it kind of took off from there. Um, and I've been doing it for about three and a half years now. So just a go back to like people responding to what you put out and telling good stories, right? No, no, numbers aren't always relevant, but they're always a thing. Um, yeah. as, <laughs> yeah. as, as of right now, uh, 42,500 uh, followers on Instagram. Yes. And I have a lot of, uh, a lot of that. I mean, it was also kind of funny because as soon as I, as soon as the project started to find its voice, um, you know, I was, again, like, like with my, the first Instagram I did, you know, like my brand, you know, I was kind of just like with this, I was, I was photographing Star Wars figures, but I was doing a bunch of other stuff that I love, like, you know, Halo and aliens and, and a bunch of other random, random, you know, uh, universes, if you will. 
And then I really started to buckle down and focus on Star Wars and the Clone Wars. And that's when the project started to find its voice. And at that exact time that I started making, like kind of like finding that voice, it was 2015, it was November, and the new Star Wars film was a month away. And a bunch of, everybody was was clawing for like Star Wars content because, you know, it was this huge deal and the the project got picked up by oh shoot um io9 initially um and then it just kind of like went like wildfire from there and it got picked up by a bunch of other media outlets who wanted to you know kind of showcase star wars stuff ahead of the release of the force awakens so it kind of just like took off um and it was insane i'm still working on the project now i uh I didn't really get to do much on my deployment with it and I've kind of been floundering a bit because I've just been busy being back in the garrison life and finding the time I get back from work. I'm just tired. I just kind of want to eat food and play video games, but I just, yeah, just need to buckle down and kind of, you know, discipline myself. Cause I definitely, there's, I want to make so many more. I did, I'm not done telling that story and, and, and going on with that project, but definitely expect to see some more of it in the future. Um, there's more down the pipe with everything that you're doing, everything that you've done and all the, you know, the side project stuff. Um, like what keeps you inspired on a daily basis? Oh man. Like what makes you kind of get excited nowadays? What gets me excited? Um, kind of a lot of the same things that got me excited before. Um, I just, I feel like the only way, I can, I, I'm able to drive myself forward and to get better is to just constantly surround myself with other people's work and just, just, I'm, I'm a giant sponge in that regard. I'm always scouring the internet for, for people's work, whether it's sports photography or like investigative journalism pieces that like in documentary style or, you know, other service branches like in, in like what their photographers are doing. Like I just, I draw from like as many sources as I can. And I, cause at the end of the day, like storytelling is universal. It doesn't matter what the story is about principles that are kind of baked into the process that make a story good are, are, are everywhere. It doesn't matter what the story is. Um, so I'm just kind of always trying to surround myself uh, with content and just to try to just like, sit back and absorb it and just kind of let it soak in and then wash over me. Um, just use a bunch of super cliche phrases in a row. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's perfect. But what's also like, what's cool is I'm always trying to deconstruct it too, because like a lot of the stuff that, that we, that we consume, you know, cause you know, we're, we're just these huge consumers of stories. It's like a lot of it is it, the way it's designed. What's also baked into the, a good story is like, when a story's framework, like when, 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 when good storytelling works, it's invisible. I'm always trying to like force myself to just wake the fuck up when I'm watching these things and like really look at them critically and like how, oh, like how the fuck did they do that? Like, oh, how did they shoot that? Or, or like, oh, that was a really, that was a really clever little edit there. I really enjoyed that. Just, I'm constantly trying to rip myself out of my comfort zone in that regard and like just like wake up that's how i stay inspired i'm just always i'm just always watching shit man 
what do you think at this point in your career is the hardest thing you've had to overcome so far? Honestly, it's like the release process and how our job works, really. You know, there's a lot of rules we follow in our field. And I've never, ever called myself a photojournalist or uh, a journalist, period. We are the brand marketers for our service. And with that comes a lot of amazing opportunities to tell these stories like we talked about and a lot of access. But also with that comes a lot of ground rules that we have to follow that doesn't necessarily, isn't really conducive to, you know, showing how Marines are really are sometimes. Or like, there's a lot of stuff that like, we have to professionalize, if you will, in our imagery. So if a Marine doesn't have his or her proper PPE on, like gloves or something, you know, the rest of the world doesn't really care, but someone in the military cares. And you're not going to be able to release that photograph. Or or even like the kinds of stories we do tell. Um, there's, you know, there has to be command messaging baked into the stories we tell because a lot of our, our, our target audience is service members. And, you know, the whole point is to relay to them the commander's intent and the commanding messaging and stuff like that. So, you know, if if you have a group of people who have a very narrow focus and don't and, and like to just take a lot of things very literally, you run the potential to for a lot of really great potential to tell stories like unconventional stories of of, of Marines kind of gets lost in the sauce or thrown on the cutting room floor because it doesn't fit into this neat little command messaging box. Um, and I've always said this. So that's, I'd say that's, it's not the most challenging, but that's one of the more challenging things is, is constantly pushing that out, that envelope and, 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 and trying to pitch these kinds of stories to a higher echelon, you know, the command team, you know, like, Hey, you know, this doesn't have an overt command message in it. However, it's entertaining, it's informational, and it, it has an emotional appeal to it. And, and when we sell these things, when we, we pitch these things and we make these products for an audience, that's going to do more to improve their perception of how Marines operate and who they are than a very simple, we're prepared for global readiness, you know, command message box. So, Right. And it's about people. It's a, yeah. And it's exactly. Yeah. Thank you for, I just like walked eight laps around that bush. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's always about people. Uh, and it's never about things or ideas. It's always about people. And when you tell effective stories about people, that's when everything else can fall into place. When command messaging works, when, these directives works or intent works it's invisible just like technology you know you mess around on your phone all day and it's just like a second hand a third hand to you but as soon as you have an error you immediately notice the problem um so and that's like with anything good storytelling command messaging technology when it works it's it's invisible uh and trying to relay that to people in our job field and trying to get them on board with that idea and that mentality and to pitch that in turn to commanders, you know, colonels and generals and like getting those men and women on board with that idea. Um, that's challenging. Uh, and that's something I'm always trying to do. I'm always, again, I'm always trying to push that envelope and, and, and get that, that out there. 
This is great, man. No, you're <laughs> you're spot on. I'm over here like uh, doing the like yes, yes, yes because I agree <laughs> with pretty much everything you've said so far. Um, what do you think your best moment is so far, man? When, was there a time that you can remember where you're just like, yes, this is everything I wanted it to be, or this just worked, or I'm like complete and happy in my process? A couple of small examples, like definitely not like I don't think I have like a, a most or best of kind of thing. Um, in 2014, I did the Rim of the Pacific exercise and uh, we're at the Palakaloa training area. And it's this just giant expansive training area in between three peaks, 11,000 feet above sea level. We call it Mordor. Um, <laughs> it's just this That's awesome. barren wasteland uh, of just lava rock and, and, and clay dirt. And it's just it's a mess. Uh, it's really beautiful though. I was like, what was cool about it was I was able to really just draw on my previous experience at this place, the lay of the land, how people move maneuver and how everything works. So just like tell my first, like what I think was good video story. And the best part about it was my interview subject. His name was Justin Oates. He was a Lance corporal. And this is the point. He's the point of the story. He was awesome. Like I sat him down. He's a machine gunner. And he was just such a personality and he was, it was just like, he was so awesome to talk to. He was just, just like super energetic about everything. And he was just able to contextualize everything in a way that like anybody could understand. And it was just awesome. Um, and fast forward, fast forward a year or fast forward nine, nine, eight or nine months from there. He's in Okinawa with me. He's on a UDP now. And I go to cover jungle warfare training and I was able to get with him and interview him for a second video product on jungle warfare training center. And it was just, that was awesome. It was just like, it was super cool to link back up with him, see what he'd been up to, sit him down to have another conversation about a different training exercise somewhere else. <laughs> he was a PFC now. <laughs> so <laughs> super salty. PFC, um, just the most eloquent dude you could ever run into, just on top of his game, knew everything you could possibly know about his job, just a, just a true subject matter expert. And it was just really awesome to be able to like go over a nine-month period and run into him twice and be able to you know, use him to drive the stories that I was telling. It was really cool. So I don't really know if that's what you were looking for, but that's just one of those things I'll always remember. I'll never forget. It's kind of like, and, and he got out before we could do a third one. I wanted to make it like a trilogy, but he's, <laughs> he's now out of the Marine Corps, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll link up with him. We'll do like a veteran story or something. That would be fantastic. Actually. Um, the, this, uh, the military gets really, really small when you do what we do. Yeah, no, it's insane. Let me ask you this. What does success look like to you? For me, success has been being able to do something like do a job that I absolutely love. I'm completely absorbed and driven by it. And in a way, it, it controls me and like all of my actions. Um, but being good at it as well. And I'm getting paid to do it. Like it's my job. So like doing something I love and getting paid to do it. Like that's that's success. And I wouldn't be doing this right now if there weren't dozens of men and women who mentored the shit out of me 
tore my products down, told me this was fucked up and just like helped me help myself through this process. Like it's been insane. Um, just like the amount of support from like friends, colleagues, family, like successes being able to forge a path surrounded by people that care about you because you care about them and you all just kind of want to help each other and doing something you love and getting paid to do it. That's fantastic. I feel exactly the same way, man. Yeah. Matt and I met, uh, both happened to be in the Middle East at the same time, uh, two different units, two different bases, but we were able to connect and I brought my troops to come and talk to you. Um, some of them, yeah, some of them anyway. Uh, and they were very inspired by by the chat. And so uh, that got me to thinking that like, oh, maybe we can connect more people via radio or via conversations that I might have access to because I've been doing this longer than them. But given this information to, to young people, you know. So what is some advice that you might give to anybody that is either young in our job or wants to be successful or is thinking about joining our, our job field. One piece of advice. Oh man, that's tough. Um, we have this running thing in, in my shop. I call it just the little things. There's a bunch of little things that you can do to improve. Um, if I had to bake it down into one thing, you know, just be a good, be a good person <laughs> and just uh, show up to work and do your job. Um, for those that like want to improve, uh, like just man, try your best to just like obsessively watch everything. Just seek out stuff. What we tend to do, and I did this in the beginning as well, is like when I'm making, when I'm telling stories, I did it from like the from like the con like from the like context of my own experiences, um, in kind of like a vacuum, if you will, um, and that kind of creates a little bit of a vicious cycle, so that like you've come back from like your third mortar shoot in the year, and you're like I'm taking the same photographs over and over again, and it's because we have this tendency to just not reach out and 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 study other work or or look at what other people are doing. My biggest piece of advice is what I've said in, before here is just surround yourself with other people's work, unconventional shit. Like use amazing pictures of a barbecue that you saw somewhere and apply that to like a live fire shoot. Like, okay, how did they do this? How did they do that? No, that's, that's, that's honestly some of the best advice I got early, early on. I had a, uh, at a staff sergeant when I was super new, he was a, fantastic photographer and um i asked him i was like dude how'd you get so good he's like i looked at the best people's work for 12 hours a day for three years <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> oh that makes guess. sense yeah because then you just know what's good and you start seeing those things great advice man i appreciate it thanks dude matthew you're the best no i'm not i just like what i do man Awesome, dude. Hey, man, that's uh, that's all I have. I really genuinely appreciate you doing this for me. Any, anything else? Any last words? Words of wisdom? Oh, man. Just uh, stay hungry. Make epic shit. Perfect. All right, guys, you heard it. Words of wisdom from Matthew Callahan. 
words to live by. So I want to thank him so much for being my first guest on the show. Hopefully you took some uh, knowledge away from it. I know I was inspired to go out and make some stuff. So thanks for listening. And if you have any thoughts, questions, or ideas for who I could talk to next, feel free to reach out to me on social media at LG. And until next time, just uh, stay hungry, make epic shit.